Yeah. Look at the camera. Hi guys. Hello. Welcome to another episode of High Resolution Life, and I have the man, the myth, the legend, Doug, with us today. So I know Doug from PA Grappling, and he has put up with my shenanigans and my lack of jujitsu prowess, uh, helping me prepare for my blue belt. Lots of jujitsu life advice. So we'll talk about jujitsu, but kind of things that sort of branch out from there as well. So sure. thank you for taking Sounds the time good. to come on the podcast, Doug. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> so uh, tell me, tell me, tell us all about you. Um, I don't know where to start. Um, <laughs> I guess since we're talking about jujitsu and martial arts, I, uh, so I started getting into martial arts, I guess, um, when I was about seven years old. I lived in the Philippines. Um, my dri uh, the driver, we had a driver. My dad worked for a bank. At least that's what he said anyways. That's Whoa. a different story, though. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and I, I don't know. He was in good shape. Um, I remember him having these, like, tennis ball biceps. He'd and that was the driver. Ball. Yeah. Ooh. And um, I don't know. I guess he seemed to be in his 20s at the time. I'm seven years old, about. And uh, he would take me to see Bruce Lee movies. And of course, I mean, who doesn't like Bruce Lee? <laughs> um, and so I wanted to do all that stuff. And I found out that the school that I was going to had some, I had a karate class and that had a judo class. The karate class was full though. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up taking the judo class. And that's how I got into martial arts. Oh, the judo class. So seven years old, first grade. Nice. 1977. What's it like uh, learning judo as a child? So. There were a couple of things, um, I don't know, I guess I was a little bit disappointed. Um, you know, I see the karate class and they're punching and kicking yeah. and they're making lots of noise, yeah, and all that. And they seemed very formidable, you know, like, well, you know, those, look at those guys. And the judo class, um, it started off um, us learning how to fall and roll and I picked that up right away. Like, I don't even know, like, the, I, it was demonstrated. Yeah. Uh, and then I did a back fall, and then it was demonstrated, and I did a front roll fall. Yeah. And um, I didn't have any problem with it. And then some of the other kids um, would just kind of flop over, <laughs> and halfway through they'd unravel or something like that. And I thought to myself, I'm like, well, what's, what's the matter? Like, why can't they do what they, the teacher just showed us? Um, well, so, people don't realize there's an art to falling. I, I got yeah. some guff in jujitsu because I mean, I my balance is much better than it used to be. But I sort of Indeed. had to figure out how to hit the mats and how to flop over because I didn't quite know what I was doing in that regard. It's um, it's the first thing you learn in judo. Yeah. Is um, so there are two different two different types of falling that we did. Mm -hmm. um, one where you would strike the mat. Yeah, you tried to show me that. I still don't think I have that down yeah. yet. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like some people do it a little bit wrong. They got the idea a little bit wrong. Then. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, there's one version where you, I don't know, say you do a roll and then you slap the man after the end. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then there's another version where you just roll and continue moving. And yeah. Get back up or, mm -hmm. um, you know, get back to your knees or whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. Uh, without doing any of the slapping. Um, mm. People tend to do the roll and as they finish the roll, they unwind their arm and slap the ground. But the purpose of that was to learn how to fall and, okay. and, and how to how to break the momentum when you fell so that when you th were thrown, right, 
your hand was supposed to strike the ground first to sort of, I don't know, re relieve the yeah. <laughs> force on you a little bit, right? And spread out, spread uh, um, like a shock absorber. Yeah, so it 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 takes some of the brunt of the force, not all of it, or maybe not even a lot, but some of it, right? So that when you land on the rest of your mm -hmm. body, it's just not as harsh. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, people tend to, you know, we do the rolls very softly. And so there's no difference in rolling onto your back and then slapping the ground. Now, was it on like, because we have the mats there, but was it on just like regular wood floor or was it also the padded no, mats? No, no, it was, it was, it was padded <coughs> mats. Um, okay. Uh, you know, like in the, like you would see in a wrestling room. Oh, okay. uh, softer than the ones that we have. Our mats are pretty hard. Okay, does it, is there a reason, does it need to be softer uh, in judo? Yeah, because you're getting thrown to the ground over and over and over and over and over during practice. Just imagine just hitting the ground 50 times. Oh. Yeah, and so it's definitely much softer. Okay. <laughs> and, well, and like what we're used to with jujitsu, we do have some standing, a little bit of standing fighting, yeah, but everything yeah. we're doing isn't throws. Right, comparison. right. We do some wrestling takedowns where you just kind of, you know. Yeah, takedowns. We do takedowns. <laughs> when yeah, do we ever do? Not much. Not much. <laughs> we, you know, sometimes it's this couple of us after class. And, not as much as we should. And we'll just drill, you know, standing up. Sorry, I'm just making sure um, you get in there enough, too. <laughs> uh, squeeze in. <laughs> Act like we haven't already been at each other's throats before. <laughs> we're sweating all over each other. <laughs> sweat got in my eye and in my mouth and I was like Aah! I've had oh. sweat just like I'm on my back and you can see it drip just goes right into your eye just oh I've had that in my <laughs> eye but the mouth was the worst part and I got my first toe in my mouth in jujitsu oh, Thanksgiving nice. the Thanksgiving rule did you hear me freak out I go it's a toe in my mouth <laughs> I don't remember that we were there we did some turkey rolls Thanksgiving oh that's when we were at uh Railroad City yeah, yeah, Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, yeah that's another yeah, Jiu-Jitsu gym that we have in the town. Buddy's gym, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, ri the rival gym. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's fun to have. It's fun um, to have, like, the drama. Um, so yeah, when you were good. in the Philippines, was that mostly kids, like, from the Philippines, or were there also international kids? So I went to an international school. Um, in fact, it was called International School. Happily <laughs> um, named. <laughs> um, so... Uh, there were a lot of international students, but I mean, international in Southeast Asia, I mean, is, I mean, there's still mostly Asians. Oh, okay. um, you know, maybe there's some Indian or Pakistani or some Indonesian kids there or uh, some Chinese or, you know, I guess you know, maybe Taiwanese. Were they there for like for business or was there military involvement? Um, I, so there was a lot of military involvement. Most of the know about most but a lot of the kids that I was friends with there you know they had parents that were something had something to do with the military oh, okay um in fact that's what a lot of people thought that my dad was you know because we would move around a lot oh okay and um they're like oh your dad must be in the military oh, you know what I subconsciously made that assumption too I didn't realize that no <laughs> no I mean he was in the air force like you know years before I was born oh, okay maybe that's where um, I had absorbed that from See, guys I'm learning about him in this podcast too I learned things about my friends I didn't realize surprise um, yeah I'm full of stories and mysteries oh my gosh like whenever we were what there was I was hungover I don't think you were but you weren't feeling it that day and it ended up being like a little life coaching session instead of drilling because neither of us were absorbing anything yeah. and we were like well let's just let's just pretend to do philosophy today instead 
So judo. All right. So how many years do you still work with judo now? Or is there a lot of principles that you just apply to jujitsu or other so, martial arts? Um, I mean, I only lived in the Philippines. I mean, I only did that for, um, for two years. Or maybe it was even just two half years, two semesters. Maybe it was okay. just seventh grade. I kind of don't really remember how long I was there. Um, but it was a class that was offered in school, right? And so when I signed up for it, you just took it. And again, I don't know if it was half a year or if it was a full mm. year, and then I did it a second time. Um, so that was only, you know, an equivalent of a year or two. And um, we just did a lot of basic things. Most of it was falling and, and rolling. Um, and a little bit of, uh, you know, like self-defense for kids. Um, but Nobody took your lunch, kid. Uh, your lunch money. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you know, <laughs> it's rough being a mixed kid growing up in Southeast Asia. You had mentioned about that before. I'm wondering, was that part of your motivation for wanting to do judo and karate? Um, a little bit, yeah, because, you know, there was always, uh, I don't know, other kids that, you know, kind of didn't, I don't know, just didn't appreciate. <laughs> now, was that coming from kids with a, an Asian background or kid, from white kids or... Um, so, I mean, I guess it was mostly Asian. Um, sometimes, um, even like Hawaiian kids, um, you know, they don't like, um, you know, mixed race people. Um, Haole, they call you a Haole. Um, I mean, lots of, uh, I guess lots of Chinese, um, I mean, it was in Hong Kong for a little bit, and, mm -hmm. you know, you get a little bit uh, from there. But, I don't know, I, I guess for the most part, it was just kind of... I didn't really have much trouble. People just kind of treated me like a stray dog. Oh, no. You know, like, oh, hey, you know, throw me a scrap or two and then... Oh, wow. You know, but you can't come in. <laughs> but that, so that was kind of... That's kind of like typical sort of kid yeah, mentality, though, think, or whatever I think really, like, some of the older people probably felt sorry for me. They're probably like, oh, you know, some Asian lady got knocked up by some, you know, American GI or something. Oh. And, you know, here's now this kid just wandering the streets of, you know, oh, no. Southeast Asia. Oh, no! <laughs> I just feel like it was kind of something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, poor stray dog. Oh, no! <laughs> so even in the Philippines, you had to deal with that. So in the Philippines, I lived in a place called Das Marinas Village. <coughs> and it was a gated community, but huge. I mean, I, I don't even know how big, but hundreds of houses anyways um and i would ride my bicycle around the neighborhood and i'd end up at the entrances the gates to yeah. the to the village um and i would hang out with the security guards there <laughs> you just chilling yeah and eventually one gave with me like Diesel? a badge what yeah i had at a what age seven just chilling with the security yeah. guards at seven so i was there from six to eight so i just say seven i don't Okay, something like that. Yeah, six, seven, and eight years old. I was there. So. Well, how did they? Did they just kind of like and uh, the security guards were they Filipino? Were they um, white? I, no, no. Yeah, I mean they were Filipino. Um, if they weren't Filipino, then I think probably they were Indian uh, or Pakistani. Okay, yeah. and so like um, obviously, did they speak English? Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, guys were. Yeah, yeah. Um, I learned a little bit of Tagalog, but it was all just swear words and stuff <laughs> that they would teach me <laughs> so they play like games with you or just show you how you, how they were doing stuff with being security guards 
Yeah, they would just, you know, I would just kind of hang out there. Car would come by, I would check them, and yeah. then I'd sit with them. And I mean, they would do stuff to keep themselves busy, and they yeah. usually had like a deck of cards or something like that. They would nice. just play games, but huh. I would just go and hang out for a little bit, um, and then you know, go for a bike ride and then go back home. And so, wow. yeah, I was out of the house, you know, a lot. So it wasn't really like your peer group that you connected with as much? Yeah, no, no. Um, you know, because I, I guess being at an in, international school, like not everybody lived in my neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, if you wanted to go see somebody, you know, you usually end up having to get like, you know, somebody to drive me somewhere. Oh, well, that would be annoying as a kid. Yeah, so um, I didn't really go outside of Das Marinas Village on my bike. Okay. On my bicycle. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I didn't ride a motorbike yet. Um, <laughs> yet. <laughs> although I, th I feel like I rode one. Back yeah. around that time maybe that was actually a little bit after that because yeah. um, I think I know the friend who owned the bike okay. which was somewhere else actually oh. in Indonesia so did that judo um, did that help you with a stray dog being able to find a get through his scraps so, um, you know I, I practiced the judo um, I was good at um, I don't know say acrobatic movements you know like you are good at that. Diving and just kind of in my room, there was a closet, um, had do uh, sliding doors, and then above it had um, another, uh, I don't know, like cupboards mm -hmm. with also that had sliding doors. Mm -hmm. And I would close the closet doors, the main closet doors, and open up the other ones, and then I would run run up the doors and climb up inside. Were you Spider-Man? <laughs> I pretended to be Spider-Man. Uh, so that was your favorite suit? Uh, was your favorite? Oh, yeah, I wanted to be Spider-Man. Um, I wanted to be able to climb like Spider-Man. And on the You're outside of the house, um, the stones on the corner of the house, you know, kind of stuck out like yeah. that. And I could grab onto yeah. the stones and I would climb all the way up um, to hmm. the roof of the house. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, amazing. I was always moving around and, you know, pretty agile and, you know, I coordinated, I guess, because I'm looking at my other friends who can't roll. Yeah, um, I'm, and me. I know that was the thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, me. So I, I did practice, you know, like what I thought I saw Bruce Lee doing, you know, just doing straight punches and yeah. stuff like that and he had some nunchucks and I, I got a pair and I'd swing them around and pretend like I was Bruce Lee. <laughs> Jump through the air, flying sidekicks and stuff like that. So, you know, I thought I was doing something. Um, over the years though, depending on where I lived, um, sometimes I didn't do anything and sometimes I did other things like I did, um, I did gymnastics um, when I lived in England for a year and a half. And oh, so wow. it was always something um, acrobatic or athletic, something like that. Like, huh. um, ended up playing soccer, um, no American football. Um, <laughs> nobody played that. Yeah, no, um, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, That's still just, a lot of animosity with that. Um, although rugby, you know, in England, pretty close. Play rugby, yeah, and that was fun. Which is actually, we complain about football being dangerous here, American yeah, football, right? but rugby. But you know, <laughs> when you don't have all that gear on, you're not gonna you're not gonna run into somebody head on. And, yeah. You know, you're gonna be a little bit more careful about how you tap on. Oh, I just saw okay. something the other day. Actually, yesterday, they're gonna ban, I think, a certain type of tackle from American football um, or rugby. American football. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, um, there's well CTE and all that different stuff. That was really concerning. You know, 
and profession. I mean, in any sport, I think, right, there's just so much pressure to perform well. Yeah. And, and especially in professional sports. My God, how much money is involved. Um, yeah, right. So, you know, tackle at all costs. And there's, I mean, there's certain techniques to tackling, just like there's certain techniques to, you know, choking people. <laughs> and one of the techniques is known as a hip drop. And you grab the person and you just drop your hips. And usually what ends up happening is you get, you swing around to their backside and you get tangled up in, or their legs get tangled up. Mm -hmm. And usually you fall on their legs as they're coming to the ground. And that's obviously not any good for your knees. Yeah, no. And people get all kinds of injuries from that. Um, and, and that what that's specific for American football? Yeah. That's a, yeah. outside my area of expertise. <laughs> I have to defer to males on that one. I don't like to. I'm not one of them like, I'm super into football girls. I'm just like, I mostly just root for the Steelers just to be, to have animosity. Yeah, no. I, um, I was, when I was in Vegas, I came back with a souvenir, and it was a Raiders shirt. Oh. Just so that I could wear it. Just to... This the Steeler fans because <laughs> I don't really watch football. Or much I don't either. I but I like to be part of like antagonizing other people. This yeah. So, so I wear so. that and I wear a Dallas Cowboys. Oh, why would you do that? The two most hated. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Although I, I I do know and I do pay attention to at least two games a year, whenever the Dallas Cowboys play the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, oh yeah. Oh hello. There she is. Told you she wants to be part of it. <laughs> part of the show. Every time she does this, every podcast she did it. I think whenever Dina and I had an episode too. Uh -huh. She's become. <laughs> Why is she licking you? Do it taste good? <laughs> She's taste testing you. Let her keep doing that. No, it's, cool. it's kind of interesting. Like, what in the world? I don't think I've had any random cats just come up to me. Now, dogs, sure. <laughs> you know what's really interesting? Earlier, so I don't know if that's a good idea for you to be looking at. Sorry, kitty. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, so, earlier, um, I lifted this morning. Yeah. And so earlier, um, I put on um, some uh, CBD THC cream. Oh, great. My right? cat's going to be high as a kite. Right? So now, yeah, now you're going to be all pie-eyed. Well, look at you. See, now you're all pie-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> my cat's going to be high. She'll be sitting around. <laughs> it's probably not good for you to lick the cream off of me. But Stop that. But I, I don't, my cat's a stoner. I don't care. <laughs> Okay, so, yeah, all right. No, okay. So yeah. we had judo, gymnastics, soccer, or football, and the rest of the world. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, you can go to town. I, I, don't, I don't care. It actually kind of, <coughs> kind of funny. Um, that's just so funny. What is she... What, my cat likes CBD? Well, it'll calm you down anyways. Let's hope. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> Stella, what are you, what are you doing? Stella, you're not that 
not starving you. <laughs> it's like, but it has such an interesting flavor. I'm going to wake up and she'll be licking me seeing if I taste like CBD. I'll wake up. <laughs> it smell a little bit. It has like a lemony flavor to me. But I don't know. <laughs> Oh, I'll be doing that, but... All right, so, come um, on. Knock it off. Come on. So what? Come here. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what. I've got your balance. Perfect. There you go. Much better than mine, really. A little really. too far. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little too far. Okay. Um, so, okay, gymnastics and then soccer, and did another martial, car martial art come into play, or... So... The martial art, I guess, the, the core of my martial arts is um, Hapkido, um, which, oddly enough, is kind of similar um, to Japanese Jiu-Jitsu. Okay. Um, in fact, they, they all have kind of the same origin. Um, so the way it goes anyways, and I'm not sure if I got the names right anymore, but um, I believe the guy's name is Choi Young-Sul. Okay. Um, learned... Um, from a Japanese um, Aikido master uh, in Japan. Okay. Um, so the Japanese had lots of um, servants, okay. and servants may be a nice way of putting it, I'm not really sure, um, that were Korean. Oh, so the Japanese yeah. didn't treat the Koreans very well, you know, historically. Um, and yeah. anyways, so this guy claims to have learned from the master that he was living with. Um, whether he just saw him and just did it on his own, whether he learned from him, I don't know. Uh, okay. But anyways, goes back to Korea and, you know, and um, kind of uh, disseminates what he knows. Um, so if you look at the Korean, um, if, if it's written with Korean, um, Hapkido is the same three characters as in Japanese you would write Aikido. Mm. Um, and so there's this sort of, you know, lineage thing. Um, but Aikido and Judo <coughs> and Jiu-Jitsu, I suppose, all come from, you know, a mother art um, known as um, Aiki Jiu-Jitsu. Okay. The full name was Daito Ryu Aiki Jiu-Jitsu, and Daito Ryu just means Eastern school or Eastern philosophy or something okay. like that. And then it's Aiki Jiu-Jitsu was the martial art that the samurais would would practice. Oh, and so, so how long? Is thousands of years, I'm assuming? So I'm not sure like how long that word would have been in use. Um, but the but art itself. During the last period of um, of peace in Japan, um, nobody nobody needed to learn any martial arts for fighting because there, there was no fighting. Mm. Um, and so martial arts became something to do to like enrich you. Okay. And so they they made a distinction at the I don't know when, but at some point between schools that they would call um, um, Budo and schools that they would call Bujutsu. Budo and Bujutsu. So okay. Bu in, in Japanese is military. Okay. So Bujutsu means uh, martial art, okay. military art. Uh -huh. And Budo means uh, martial way. Oh. So you you would get schools like judo. Mm -hmm. um, uh, there's something known as um, karate do. Um, um, you would get like in Korea tang su do, mm -hmm. right? All these martial arts that end in do. Yeah. And they were not necessarily martial arts where you learned um, how to fight. 
Um, they were essentially moves that were taken from some other, some martial art, some other martial art. Um, and um, you just worked on those uh, for your own self um Enrichment and, uh, and refinement ah, and development. Ah. So um, Jigoro Kano um, chose some moves from jujitsu that he thought, well, you know, these are good, safe moves that everybody can practice. Um, and instead of calling it jujitsu, which had kind of a bad rap at the time, uh, people were trying to get away from the ways of the samurai. Um, and um, well, why was that? It was well, it just you know, I mean, samurai weren't very nice people um i mean right i mean you, you see in hollywood right all this you know they make uh, them the look like very valor and honor but, and so it's the same thing with the greeks right the greeks you know had um democracy and they talked about you know not having slaves and yet they had slaves mm -hmm. right what they meant was no greek should be a slave mm -hmm. right and everyone else was a barbarian so samurai didn't treat you know regular people very well, oof! I mean, so it was like the elite class. They were oof. Oh sure, you know. Was it just the samurais, or was it like their families that were associated with? Was it this? Well, they had class? clans, uh, and then you had a hierarchy of you know, um, I don't know who uh, who was the boss. Um, yeah. You know, you, you had you had the samurai who were just essentially, um, I don't know the. Uh, the 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 workers, right? They were they, they were the ones that did that, you know. The plebeians. Um, the, right? They they went out and did their job, right? There the blue collar workers. <laughs> um, then you had the lords and the daimyos who were you know landowners and you know special privileged people. Yeah. Um, but if samurai came through the village, the you know the villagers would be expected to. Uh, bow as they came through. And if you didn't do that, right? I mean, a samurai could, if they felt like it, just cut your head off. Oh! Right? And there are no consequences for that. Right? I mean, they're nobility right there. That's terrible. Like, I wouldn't you, have liked them either. Yeah, no. Um, so, um, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think all of that kind of stuff is like glorified, you know, in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you can't, it's it's so hard to judge them, too, because, you know, for a thousand years, they just fought each other. Yeah. And so, what do you do? You, you, you grow up right in, the, in that kind of a world, in a, in a feudal system, and, and that's what you do. Ah, so um, that was kind of like the Japanese... Oh, yeah, it's the Japanese feudal, feudal system. system. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, they had their own you know, equivalent, you know, of knight and lord and duke and, you know. And that, oh. Of course, then you had the shogun, right, who was the boss uh, of them all. Okay, that makes sense. So, okay, so that was the reason people were getting away from jujitsu then, because it was it had that bad rap system. So, yeah, it. Japan was to move into more modern times, right, and that was old-fashioned, right? That was, yeah. the, that was the way of the, you know, samurai, which people were just like, we've had enough, right? Regular people, right? They've had enough of that. Mm -hmm. um, and... Um, so it was difficult for him to sort of sell that. Mm -hmm. And it was called, um, I believe Kano Jiu Jitsu. Uh, oh, okay. uh, and then he was just like, well, we're changing the name altogether. It's Judo. Um, oh, well then. And so Judo became a thing. <coughs> Excuse and me. in fact, one day I, I hope to go to the Budokan in Japan and compete. They have IBJJF tournaments there. Yes. That would <laughs> so be so that, cool. Nice would that, be, right? that would so be cool. cool. Um, 
But anyways. Is it still associated with that long lineage? Oh, it's still the, oh, That would be the ultimate. Absolutely. Oh, that'd be like, so how would you like a jujitsu pilgrimage? Absolutely it would be, <laughs> right? I mean, essentially. So so then you got um, uh, Mitsuo Maeda who left Japan, a judo guy, mm -hmm. right? And goes to Brazil and, and, and uh, starts teaching in Brazil and uh, eventually uh, right, teaches to the Gracies. Right. And um, because at the time... Um, some people had, were still calling it Kano Jiu-Jitsu. The Gracies had developed you know, like their own style or way of doing things that became um, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu really kind of... I don't know if they're really distinction. I guess Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is still... You yeah. know, a lot of the self-defense stuff, you know, like the curriculum that we do. That we, yeah. And then Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, more sport-oriented, I guess. But Yeah. Um, it's certainly not... Uh, you know, like a traditional martial arts school. Mm -mm. It's not uh, like that at all. And the reason for that is uh, there's a lot more sport emphasis these days. Yeah. With yeah. uh, who's that guy? Uh, calls himself the goat. I've, I stopped following <laughs> him. The, oh, Gordon Ryan. Gordon or? Ryan. There's a lot more of the Gordon Ryans, and there's a lot yeah, more of the yeah. yeah, the bravado has really come to surface. What in the last ten years? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's. I think it's Maybe been with, there a with lot. UFC, I mean, yeah, you know, be, yeah, because you know, with the start of the UFC, you've got all these you know tough guys coming to try to prove, you know, their point and you know that their way of fighting was the best. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but choke that that whole. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, um, what do we want to call that? A biopic? Oh, how would you categorize it? Breathe, you mean, or the book? No, choke. choke. The one that it was. Oh, it was the. That was with. Um, it was a documentary. Yeah, it was a documentary. I did see it. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, there was. Yeah, yeah. Um, I forget. I which Gracie was it that, that was in it? Um, I gotta Google it. That's Hickson, isn't it? Yeah, it was Hickson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was hilarious. So I had already watched it. One of my students, Joe. Um, shout out to Joe. He's the reason I got into jujitsu. Huh? I was listening to not Joe Rogan. I don't know Joe Rogan. Um, a different one of my previous students. His name was Joe. Shout out to Joe. Um, he was telling me, he was going over jujitsu terms because he didn't want to have, you know, a thick accent when he was talking to you know, people he was training with so they could understand him a little better. I said, well, I was listening to the Joe Rogan experience. I'm like, should I try jujitsu? Like, I want to do something maybe a little bit more exciting. And he was like, yeah, do it. He said, you got to watch Choke. And I was watching it. It's hilarious. There was like this one friend of a friend. He invited me to VHS and chill. VHS and chill. He had, right. he brought the VHS with him from Texas. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, he said, he, he texted me. He's like, I have the VHS. I was like, huh? He's like, yeah, yeah. Come over to my place and we'll, we'll, we'll VHS and chill. And we'll watch choke together. I'm like, something about watching a choke with a guy, VHS, <laughs> like, VHS does game. not, does not. Oh, <laughs> I feel like that doesn't bode well for me. It's, <laughs> See, my friends have my, like, they ask me to put my location on if I go out of town for a date or whatever. But they didn't worry about that situation. I'm sorry. That seems ten times more. Also, I didn't tell my friends because that never got off the oh, ground. Okay, okay. But I feel like, <laughs> tell me which one is more dangerous, going out of town in a public place or... Yeah, so there's that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but before Hickson, so that was back to who brought... So we had Japan, we're in Brazil, so back to Brazil, the Gracie family. And the Gracie family is important to jiu-jitsu. Yeah, so Carlos and uh, Elio, um, I guess were the two yeah. um, that initially started learning from, um, uh, 
what was his nickname? Um, Mitsuo Maeda had a nickname, Kundakuma uh, or something. Yeah. Like that. I forget what. Count something. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I, nice. I can't remember. It was good, though. I um, should look it up. <laughs> yeah. And so this was like the late 19th, early 20th century, if I remember correctly. Um, early 20th century. Yeah. Um, I can't think of when that. That might have been. Um, and the Gracie family, they had actually immigrated from Scotland. I know, right? That Isn't was a surprise to me. I didn't right. know that. But Scottish people ended up in, in Brazil, so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> okay. thought, I thought, what kind of a name is that for South America? And I'm like, nope. No, Scottish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they yeah. kind of did a concubine thing with the family, too, so they could have all the brothers. That's right. Yeah. So the whole thing with it, but they wanted to create a Gracie Jiu-Jitsu dynasty and yeah, it yeah, needed yeah. people for they that. So, <laughs> and so they did. Oh, <laughs> right. So many of them. Um, yeah. So judo, jujitsu. I mean, if you talk to us, you know, a strict judo person now about Brazilian jujitsu, they're like, oh yeah, that's just judo. But that's just the newaza. That's just the ground techniques of judo. Oh, newaza. So yeah. that okay. That's, so it makes judo, ground techniques. Yeah, yeah. So in judo, you have just various kinds of techniques. Some of them are to deal with the ground. Some of them, uh, uh, like they would separate throws from hip throws to uh, leg trips to shoulder throws to arm throws. Um, yeah. And so you had throwing techniques. You had um, uh, grappling techniques. Um, but because of the rules in judo, um, right, they favored the stand-up part of the game, uh, where those restrictions are not in jiu-jitsu, um, you know, competitive jiu-jitsu. And so you end up, you know, on the ground and you're doing stuff on the ground. In yeah. judo, if you don't do anything, the ref is going to stand you up and, and uh, give you a penalty. Um, yeah. Um, so, yes. And... Over the years, the rules, um, Olympic judo anyways, have become a little bit more restrictive. Like, you can't attack the legs and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Because they didn't want it to look like wrestling. Yeah. I mean, because at the, at, at, so at one point, the Olympic committee is like, we're going to get rid of something here. And judo and wrestling, they kind of look the same. They're Jews. just guys fighting. And, oh, okay. You know, so wrestling went one way, judo went another way. Judo and looks mind, so. like, I I don't know, I do jiu-jitsu, and that's, that's... Yeah. Well, what do you want to say? I'm so I'm kind of glad I had no clue what I was getting into before I knew what I was doing because I'm really not well suited for this. But I don't like to give up. So I, if I can do it, literally anyone can do it. If I can do it, anyone can. I am not athletic now. I am, but you know, but uh, what do you want to say? It's like grueling. I want to say grueling for jujitsu for sure. I look over at judo. I'm like, holy shit, that's grueling. But then what we do in jujitsu is pretty grueling. So, when I go places, so when I trained at the Yamasaki Academy in, in Maryland, um, they also have a judo program in the Yamasaki Academy, and, yeah. and there are various schools in the D.C. area. Yeah. So I was in Rockville, but there's one in Springfield, there's one in Luton, and you know, just other schools around. So, um, for open mat or when we roll, yeah. uh, sometimes you end up with some purely jujitsu guy sometimes you end up with some judo guy really sometimes you end up with you know somebody who likes to wrestle huh. and i could totally tell the difference between a judo person and a bjj person huh. because they are so much more explosive judo. bjj people are sort of kind of more laid back and they're just hey jujitsu yeah <laughs> 
But because of the rules in judo and wrestling, they gotta go. And so when you roll with them, they wanna they need to go. Okay, so, so I'm not used just, to going. I'm not it's, imagining right. that. Then. Yeah. So you're just like, oh, these moves. Like, what's up with that guy? And uh, <laughs> wrestling <laughs> and like, too. Oh, I'm like, oh he's my a god, wrestler. Yeah, that's that. why he's just all downhill on you. Yeah. Um, because that's what they're trained to do. Um, right? They want to be on top. They want to play guard. Judo guys, you you got to move and you got to attack every thirty seconds, or you're going to get a penalty. Ah. Um, and so they're used to being explosive. Um, they they need to get things done. Yeah. Um, Interesting. So, okay. The, huh. the the energy is different, and people in jiu-jitsu can be a little bit more lazy about it, especially if oh, you're yeah. guard players, because you can kind of relieve the pressure with frames and whatever stuff you're doing, and you can kind of just chill a little bit more that way. Mm -hmm. uh, but if the rule set says if you chill, you get penal uh, penalties, then, of course, you don't chill. No. Yeah, <laughs> no you, chill. You gotta go. So, yeah, you were like, um, so was that when you first started jiu-jitsu when you were going to Maryland, or did you have yeah, exposure? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, this was how long ago? So I started uh, Jiu Jitsu, I guess, in 2016. And you were traveling? <clears throat> I was driving from here to Rockville every, every weekend, two hours and 45 minutes one way, two hours and 45 minutes after on the way back. But, um, oh, man, the Yamasaki Academy is awesome. How did you um, do I, that? <laughs> so, <clears throat> um, uh, so Fernando Yamasaki is the, uh, the head instructor of the Yamasaki Academy, but, um, I trained for a little while under, um, a guy named Francisco Neto. Um, he was the guy that would come up here to the gym that I was training at here. And, and, uh, you know, we were a Yamasaki affiliate and he would invite us down uh, a lot. And when I decided that I was going to start competing, um, I decided that I should go there to do a lot of my training because there's just not enough people here. Mm -hmm. um, I, I went, I went through, you know, um, the five or six people that were in, in, in my class, you know, in, in, in not much time. Um, so I needed, I needed That's more competition. Right? Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's a small town. <laughs> That's where it is. It's a small town. Um, and then of course, you know, I go to Rockville and then, you know, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm the nail for, a, a, a year, <coughs> six months, a year, just, you know, I, I, at seven o'clock in the morning, I'm driving down the Red Bull, Oof. thinking to myself, why am I doing this? I'm spending two hours and a half, two hours, 45 minutes to get there. I'm going to get um, my butt handed to me for an hour and a half, and then two hours and 45 minutes, you know, back home, why, why did I even do this? Um, it was hard, um, because yeah. I just would get beat up. Uh, the whole time. Um, and then when I decided to start competing, I was like, you know, I can't just go there and come back and, you know, every weekend. And so I started staying there during the week, uh, during the weekends. Okay. And, um, they let me stay at the Academy. I slept on the couch. Oh I my slept, God. You're I like Daisy I, fresh. Yeah, I, I slept on the mats and yeah, man, it was great. Um, That's amazing. at one in the morning, the cleaning crew would come in and turn on all the lights and. Oh no. It's a white mat huge it's yeah. probably six of our mats and it's all white and the light would come on and one like one in the morning i'm like oh you smokes it's you know like aliens and <laughs> <laughs> um, how did you go back to sleep i was just fall asleep i mean i'm tired from you know sleeping on the couch anyways yeah um but then i started training with the competition team 
Um, and so, you know, it was definitely worth it. And, uh, you know, I did that up until the time I uh, got an injury. I tore a rotator cuff in my right shoulder. Oof. And I was out for, I don't know, 12, 15 months. Um, and then when I came back is when I started at um, PA Grappling. So, yeah, and what time uh, was that that you'd started at PA Grappling? So, I know it was like, it was like January or February. And it was before the COVID lockdown, so I don't know if Is that it 2020 was... then? I guess. Would have been. So it would only have been like three months or so before, it was before the, the plague lockdown. had descended upon yeah, us. Before, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, did you get a couple competitions in before? I'm just trying to put that oh, yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. how were those experiences? Yeah, like so your first with, one, how is that? So my very first tournament was um, in Harrisburg. It was called, um, it was, it was, I believe in 2016. Okay. Um, because that would have been the year we would have had an Olympics. Okay. I believe. Because we had it in 12. Okay. Yeah, then 16. Um, so they called this um, the Keystone State Games. Oh. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go to the Keystone State Games. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I want to be a yeah. Keystone State game. Right? <laughs> and, I know something um, about it sounds like very official. It was cool because they yeah. had fencing, they had um, jujitsu, they had weightlifting, um, so, uh, a couple of other things. So it was like a mini Olympics. You know? That's really yeah. cool. So that was the whole draw of this thing. And that's why yeah. I, I wanted to go because I was like, okay. I'm not in the, yeah, we're going to go to the Olympics, but I can go to the Keystone State Games. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, um, as a white belt, um, I won my first match, and then I, I lost the second match. And mm -hmm. there was four of us in the division, and then the other two guys went like three times. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, I don't even know why they keep going. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, whatever, I just I got a bronze. I won one, I lost one. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I want to do this, I want to do this. Ha you're all fired and up. And there was another tournament um, that was going to come up in, in Pittsburgh. And um, <clears throat> about a week or so before that, I tore some cartilage in my rib. <gasps> And so I didn't go. And, um, and then I got promoted to Blue Belt. And uh, I'm like, what? I mean, I have only been doing this now for, like I started in 2016. And this is 2016. Show off. Same thing happened with Sean. Yeah, but I, you know, I, I did not want that Blue Belt. Because what, what I think happened was, uh -oh. um, because I started training at the Yamasaki Academy with... Um, lots of skilled players that I developed my jujitsu faster uh, than the people who only trained here okay. at the academy. Here. Oh yeah. And so it wasn't long and until my skill level was up to theirs. And well, so and you really, and you're like, well, a really good kinesthetic learner. Like you're really in tune with that. Um, yeah, I feel like, I feel like I have a, an awareness of, yeah. Proprioception, like where my body's at in, in space. Yeah. Um, so I after about six months, yeah, I, I got that blue belt. I'm like, my, I didn't wow. even I didn't even win a tournament yet. And now I have a blue belt. And I'm like, okay, fine. And so I, I went to my first um I, I joined the competition team. I went to my first IBJJF tournament in New York and just lost right away. Oops. I'm like, all right, so. Whoops. Um, it was actually a pretty nice fight. I almost got a triangle choke on the guy, but somehow I couldn't finish it. I can't imagine not finishing a triangle choke now. Oh, um, gosh. Unless it's just some humongous, you know, gorilla guy. <laughs> but anyways, um, I, just, I just got bit. 
by the bug. Uh-huh. And I'm like, yeah, I like this. And, <laughs> the obsessive. Um, There's like, it seems to be an obsessive yeah, component um, that really I, appeals to I like to competing, jiu-jitsu. you know, and not only like competing, I mean, if, I, if I'm doing something that requires um, learning some kind of a skill, then I want to be good at it. Right. I don't just want to be like, eh, okay, I can do it. Why am I doing it? Why am I spending so much time doing it? Right. What are you um, taking the time up for? Yeah. Then? So I feel like if there's anything, you know, worth doing, then I'm going to really put put some effort into it. Exactly. Um, so, you know, you know, I become more serious about it. You know, like I said, competition team. And if you join the competition team, you actually had to sign a contract. Um, you had to agree to do... Um, so many numbers of tournaments um, leading up to the main tournament that you, you that the team was preparing for. You went as a team. Wow! Printed, shirts printed together. We all went together, all wearing the same. You look like a team. Oh, right? I mean, go team go. soccer players. They all have the same uniform on. Nice. Right? Yamasaki Academy. They all have the same shirt on. Um, and it's just nice because you got the energy of the group. Yeah, you know, everybody's yelling. You can hear them yeah. you know, when you're out there, you know, and you're competing. And <clears throat> you know, some people win; they get congratulations. Other people lose, and you're like, "Oh man, you know, that was a tough, tough fight, you know, but you did well," or something like. I mean, yeah. there's always something going on like that, mm-hmm. and you know, even though it's super stressful, I find it really stressful. Very, yeah, like, yeah, beforehand, I'm all nervous and my heart is <laughs> coming up through my throat, and uh, I can't, and something I, kind of exciting, just yeah, though, and, I think. But there were a few times I say, I, I would say to myself, too, like, why do I keep doing this? This is like, <laughs> this is like really hard, <laughs> um, you know, like on, on everything on your body, on your, on your mind, <laughs> but I always feel so good afterwards. Um, of course, when I win, I feel better. <laughs> yeah and at least I don't feel so good but um you know there are still some things you know that I, you can take away from from losses and stuff even though they're not they're not nice what is what are some things you take away uh you know I, I go back and I, I look at you know um, footage of the of the match and I just try to figure some things out that you know mistakes that I did or something that I could have done differently she's <laughs> licking you again the cat's back that tastes good. Um, so I don't know about something in particular, um, I don't know, um, I usually end up having to go back home and talk to people about issues that I came across. (laughs) (laughs) This is funny, um, that I came across. She's going to become the star of this podcast episode. I love how cats' tongues feel. They like have all these like little. They're like little hooks. hooks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're like hooks. Oh, sorry, I just okay. we're migrating in some direction. Anyway, <laughs> this is hilarious. She's right in the center too. I'm looking. Yeah. That is too funny. Um. <clears throat> but that's something I find applies well to everyday life. Like I can feel a lot of my psyche changed through doing ju- doing jujitsu because there's no. There is no quick fix or easy, quick way to get to jiu-jitsu. The only way you get there is by failing in each class. Yeah. Fail, 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 fail. And 
all that failure that or getting beat into the mat in Rockville seemed to have obviously had a really beneficial effect for you. What ended up happening, and, and I really think this is a good idea for anybody just learning jujitsu. Um, I, it just happened to be the environment that I was um, introduced in. Um, so um, <clears throat> there was this one black belt, mm. um, bigger than me, um, much bigger, younger, stronger. Um, and every time I'd roll with him, I'd start the roll just with a big sigh because I'm like, oh man, I'm about to, I'm about to, about to get wadded up. That's me with <laughs> everybody. <laughs> That is me with every... It's starting to get a little bit better. A little... Just a little. But I'm like, oh. I say, oh, I got like five seconds. Yes. And the guys are kind of like, don't you feel? I'm like, no. Nope. I'm child-sized. I got five extra seconds. I will take that win. But you still like, just let me have this. Um, eventually, what ended up happening was, no matter what I did... Yeah. It... If, if if I if he was about I don't know do something I don't know if I put my arm out he'd armbar me if I didn't put my arm out he'd choke me if I turned around then you know he'd like I'd do something else and you know and like everything I do just leads to another dead end <laughs> <laughs> for me I can learn a lot of existential life what. lessons from that too yes right just <laughs> We're all going to die in the end enjoy the ride so what I learned from that was that sometimes. The best thing to do is nothing. Ooh. And Ooh. what I what I ended up learning from that was there are certain safe positions for me that I know. <laughs> I know I start off like this. The neck I'm gonna end up, you know, on my back <laughs> and smack. I'm like, you know what? I might as well just. I know it's happening. I'm just gonna go to that position. But on my own terms. Yeah. And then I'll be ready for, like, because I know what's going on. I, you've done it to me 50 times now today. And <laughs> you're going to do it one more time. But this time, I'm just going to go right there. And I'll wait for you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it worked. Because then, of course, right, they get a little bit frustrated. And like, okay. And eventually they go around anyways. Right, right. The, the black belts. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, yeah. But I learned how to stay in a relatively safe position, uh, especially yeah. when um, I was with uh, lower belts then. Now, again, I'm a, I'm a white belt or a blue belt, you know, coming up on, on blue belt. So, I mean, purple belts. Um, Which is like, what he is now. Uh, now. <laughs> uh, do you have any official the, stripes at the moment? No, no. But, but the black on the belt is wearing off and falling off already. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and how long have I, you been a purple belt? Remind me. Uh, I think you'd gotten a, a little after I started. So it's yeah. um, actually a little bit more than I'm, like a year and three quarters now. Yeah. So in March, I got my purple belt. Mm. So it'll be two years in, in March. Mm. Uh, no stripes on it yet, though, which I don't, I don't really care. Um, <laughs> with the stripes. I actually need a stripe to hold the black. Because it's coming off. You just need to tape it. And if it if it comes off, they won't let you use it. And if it becomes frayed, in IBJJF, they don't they don't allow that. They don't allow any fraying on your uniform. Oh wow! Uh, so I'll have to get a new belt, and it'll look like a brand new belt though. Oh, with, with no stripes. You, you can psych them out. <laughs> and like, who's this new purple belt? <laughs> um, what are your tasks in uh, purple belt right now? Are you focusing on? 
Is, do you have brown belt in your sights, or is it just like, nope, I'm just no, in my journey, whatever? No, brown. I'm not. I'm not worried about brown belt right now. Um, that'll that'll come whenever. Um, right now, I'm worried about um, world master. Yes. Um, world master. Okay. And... Where? What's the goal? What are you? What are you up against? What's your training regimen? Go. So, um, since the last world master. Um, Labor Day weekend. From then until now, it's sort of been an off season, I guess. Okay. I mean, I, I'm eating all kinds of stuff. And <laughs> I don't train as much. Um, and not that I'm not doing anything. I'm still keeping myself in pretty decent shape. Um, but in March will be um, the Pan Championship, IB, IBJJF. There's all IBJJF stuff. Mm -hmm. um, Which is a competition organized... Well, the Federation, Federation International yeah. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Federation. So there's yeah. grappling industries, there's Naga, there's ADCC, there's IBJJF. Mm -hmm. um, the last World Master was the largest uh, Jiu-Jitsu Gi Jiu-Jitsu tournament ever. Uh, over 10,000 competitors. Ooh. Not all in one division. Um, but yeah, that'd be... <laughs> wow, yeah. can you imagine being the person that wins that? Oh, <gasps> But, but still, with 10,000 competitors, yeah. um, after everybody's gone through their first match, half of them go home, right? They're done. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So 5,000 go, and 5,000 continue, and then 2,500 go, and then 2,500 continue. Yeah. I mean, you know, all together. Right. Um, but anyways, the, the plan is to go back to um, Pan in March, and then um, World Master again on um, Labor Day weekend. So when you're in your training mode, what are some things? What's a typical day or typical week look like for you? What are you eating? What do you have a goal list? Oh, like so yeah, so I mean, um, I was competing at lightweight, and I'm not really sure why I did that because I was always a middleweight, um, but I was always so close to the lightweight cutoff, just above, and I thought, why well, not? Might as well just lose a couple pounds and go down to lightweight. Okay, um, but. I don't know. Um, I felt good at pans. Um, uh, I had plenty of energy, plenty of strength. Um, ended up losing to uh, a guy who was the pan champ the previous year. And that year's no-gi, um, IBJJF world no-gi champ. Mm -hmm. So a high-level guy. And, yeah. you know, he's he's won some gold medals at, uh, at Worlds and at pans. And um, our match went 0-0, um, zero, zero, tie at the end, but he had two advantages. IBJJF gives advantages to people who almost do something. <laughs> um, anyways, he almost took my back, but ended up on his back. So I don't know how that's an advantage for him. Um, yeah. But whatever. Close only counts on horseshoes and hand grenades. Yeah. But they called it an advantage. And IBJJF close counts, too. <laughs> Close enough. What? Um, it's a, I guess it's a tiebreaker, right? I mean, yeah. the guy tried something. Uh, it didn't work out, but maybe he tried something. Oh, well. um, but anyways, at the end of the match, you know, um, I get up and I look at the scoreboard and I'm upset. And I'm just like, God, I can't believe I lost, you know, by the advantage. Um, you know, especially to this guy because, like I said, he's he was the number one seed. He's he's mm. the top guy, and um, at the end of the match, he's he's still on the floor. Um, you know, breathing heavy, and you know, I, I could have gone on. I could have done way more. Um, <laughs> I'm like, start, bro. Yeah, I should have just. Oh man, I should have just went bananas. The last ten seconds. 
Um, <laughs> finish anyway, him. So that's that's a lesson, right? There yeah. you go. Last ten seconds. If you're losing by advantage, go bananas. Just go eight. Just do something. <laughs> um, anyways, he 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 had a hard time getting up afterwards. He ended up hurting himself. I don't know, hip or knee, something, and he couldn't continue on to his next match. And yeah. so the the that fellow ended up winning by walkover, and then he just went straight to the final. And I'm like, how's this like right, even right? You know, like if that guy can't go because he's injured, then you know I should take his place. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, um, <clears throat> a little while later, the guy that ended up winning silver um, at Pans that year, um, I met him at a Grappling Industries um, in Virginia, um, and that's the second time that I had competed against him. Once as a blue belt, and and then this time as a purple belt. And uh, uh, I ended up beating him there, and so I think to myself, if I'd have made the final at Pans, then yeah. I, I may have beat him there too. Yeah, you know who knows? Who knows? Maybe at Grappling Industries, he's trying his new moves, and they didn't work or something. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Um, but you know, I feel like that at lightweight, that I was in the ballpark, that I was there with those guys that had that kind of an ability. Um, and I felt like that my, actually my strength and my conditioning were, were, were better than theirs. Oh, nice. Um, okay, so you'll be... I, I'm, yeah, I was not tired at all, was not exhausted from, Good. The, from those matches. And I, I, just looking at them and watching the footage, I feel like I, you know, they, they were more tired than I was. Mm. Uh, but for whatever reason, by the time I had gone to Worlds, um, World Master, that, um, I don't know. Like something happened. I I, I like bonked. I, I I um my legs ended up like getting really tired. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what happened. I, I feel like that. So I actually, actually. So today. <laughs> oh, today. <laughs> um, today I went and uh, did a body composition analysis. Oh, okay. And What's so, involved in that? Uh, I'm a um, So. Um, just trying to figure out, and the way they, they do it with this, um, they, they attach electrodes, and you stand on this thing with your feet, and then you mm -hmm. hold two electrodes with your hands, and it's measuring, um, uh, it sends a little bit of a current through you, and it's measuring the resistance in your body, and okay. then it can sort of reverse engineer what you're made out of. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so 177 pounds, um, 10% body fat. Okay. So... Back then, I was 163 pounds. Yeah, and um, much less body fat. So I think, I think I just trimmed too much at that point to you be at lightweight. Yeah, I kind of. I mean, I saw a picture of my face, and it was just like a little gaunt, I a little like, bit. Yeah, I was like, holy smokes, I look like Skeletor. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> you could see the veins in my muscles but you I can mean, also a, see like i did was my face was all sunken in and it's a cool look but i was like whoa it's like everything yeah. okay i mean I, like, I i think i went a little bit overboard with that now do and you think that's good for some people and perhaps not as good for others so what i'm at 10 percent body fat now okay. 177 pounds oh then what do you need so to i was probably like at four or five percent body fat and so, is that healthy for anybody? Well, from I mean, your that's kind of something that you see with bodybuilders, and they okay. have health issues if they try to stay that lean for a long time. And I feel time. like for women, in comparison, women, I feel like that would be even worse. So, I'm sure it messes with estrogen and testosterone. Hormones, and, and yeah. Makes it all, because bodybuilders do have testosterone issues. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's because of the juice, but it's also because of how lean they are. 
sort of like whenever they yeah. <laughs> so whenever they compete, right, there's a period of time where they really get super lean. Yeah. And they can develop sometimes some some hormone and, and health issues. So so I feel like that maybe that was an issue with me. And so I'm like, look, I don't know why I decided to do lightweight anyways, and so I'm just at, at middle weight again. Good. And at my natural weight or whatever. And so I try to probably like less stressful uh, mentally too. Oh my God. You can kind of have a little sneaky snack here and there, and yeah. you just like. Oh yeah, yeah. I I have more than here and there. <laughs> and I'll, I'll eat a Snickers right after I ate a Butterfinger. Um, hey, well, you know what? <laughs> Why not? So, I don't think we're meant to starve. But starting in January, or um, suppose I don't know. I wanted to start next week, but we'll see because of my knee. But um, yeah. I will start my pen training, and I will. I'm not going to, I'm not really cutting calories. I'm not really restricting my diet, but I'm, 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 I'm done with the ice cream and the Snickers and the pie for three months. <laughs> okay. That's really rough to do around months. Christmas and New Year's. Well, that's why I'm waiting until after that. Oh, okay. That's what I was hoping. I thought I missed <laughs> yeah, yeah, something. No, no, no. It's after, after, after like the, the very end of the year or maybe, you know, whatever the first day of the new year is and second, third, whatever it is. There you go. Um, start that. Perfect. Um, not not necessarily lose any weight. I mean, to to weigh in um, uh, for my division at middleweight with the gi on, I'd have to lose one pound. Oh, however well you I do it. Right now, right? However so shall you do it. I'd have to be 176, it. and then with the gi on, I'd be 181. Okay, uh, yeah. Gi and belt. Uh, and, that's, and that's the upper limit for that weight class. Interesting so that they if weigh I put on a gi. few pounds, you know, before then, who cares? It's um, so weird it's that way you with the gi. Yeah. To me, that's so strange. Yeah. And it's like when the gi becomes part of you. So they're becoming even more restrictive with all their gi uniform rules. Now, um, I can kind of see their point, um, but it's, I don't know how much of a difference it makes. So um, in the Olympics, you can't just wear any gi you want. Yeah. you got two uh, choices. Okay. And they everybody has to have the same gi. Now, of course, you got your USA patch, and they got their Japan patch, and they yeah. got their Korea patch, or whatever. Um, okay, well, so, right. fair enough. Uh, and you know, so all my geese for IBJJF that I was wearing, none of them will be IBJF legal anymore. I don't have to get a new gi. Oh no! But I'll have one gi. Yeah. For IBJJF, uh-huh. and I'll just wear it for that. There you go. Um, but. The diet will become more restrictive, but restrictive in the sense that because my training is going to increase, um, that I want the good f- food that I eat to increase as well, not ice cream and Snickers and, and, and all that. Because uh, with the training load going up gradually over the next 13 weeks or so, um, it just, in order to have better recovery, just need better food. Just, and what, I mean, what does qualify as better food? Is it protein? Is it like things like salmon, chicken, eggs, so, or is it um, greens? So my diet consists of something. Um, I didn't make this up, but it's it's called G bombs. G bombs. <laughs> G bombs. Yo. So greens, beans, onions, mushrooms, uh, berries, uh, seeds, and nuts. Really? And then on top of that, I have whatever meat. Um, mostly it's it's um, mostly it's salmon. Like I get um, 
um, Alaska king salmon, um, and some chicken, and then some some bison red meat Ooh. for my iron. Um, oh, nice. Where do so, you get, even get that? The bison meat? Yeah. So you can actually get it at the grocery store here. What? Yeah. I didn't know but that. There's a, but there's a bison farm in Bedford, too, where you can get, like, good stuff, fresh. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, it's not far from here. I mean, it's in Bedford. Interesting. So, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. So I thought this I, was like I some have, weird Joe Rogan bullshit. <laughs> I know. So <laughs> I didn't realize that. Um, for you know, like the cardio stuff, you know that you yeah. do. Of course, you know you need um, um, uh, a higher blood count for you know better oxygen. You know, oxygenation of your muscles and stuff. You wanna you wanna come up? You wanna lick? <laughs> you taking my spot? <laughs> are, you, are you feeling okay? Are you? Do, are you a little? <laughs> <laughs> Is she tripping? Exactly. <laughs> Snoop Dogg cat. <laughs> it's like, I feel a little funny. <laughs> I'm a little bit hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, probably it's time for me to feed them soon. <laughs> it's like, I'm also a little bit tired now. <laughs> She's going to have the munchies. Yeah, I want to eat and go to bed. So bison meat. Um, yeah, so anyways, um, you know, of course, you need iron. Um in your diet um so uh but the fats from salmon good fats um and then again like the bulk of the the food the volume of the food anyway it's not the calories the bulk of the volume of the food comes from the g-bombs interesting um and G-bombs. when i eat that way um consistently for like months at a time i just feel fantastic good i just wish i could do it all the time and not feel like, oh man, because I, mean, I mean, I just love candy. I love cookies. Mm-hmm. I love pie. I love ice cream. I mean, I was yeah, I was training to compete. Now I'm gonna have to do it at blue belt the first time I decide to do it. <laughs> I didn't plan it that way. That just happened. Everybody right. said, "Don't wait till blue belt." I'm like, life happened. What was I supposed to do? So that's one thing I will say I gained from that. I won either way, even if I didn't, you know, didn't have the time to compete because I was do I was doing too much stuff and learning how to balance better. The diet change that I did to cut weight. I lost like 18 pounds yeah. by changing my diet. Everybody could see it too. Everyone was like, whoa. How did you feel after better. that? Better. I felt a lot so better from the better. diet change. Um, I noticed things changed with like my inflammation, my breathing. Mental health changed a lot. Like a lot of the crap I was eating from fast yeah. food and just overeating. I didn't realize that I was like, I don't I don't know how much diet affects mental health. Well, dirt. A lot. It. Considerably. <laughs> Considerably. I don't eat, I don't really eat fast food. That's not to say I'm overly restrictive. Every now and then I'll get the little fried apps from Sheets and yeah. I, I like savory stuff. I'm yeah. not, I don't have a I like a spicy chicken sandwich. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean. So, yeah. you got to reward yourself yeah. with a little junk here yeah. and there. Um, so, cool. Um, uh, I'm trying to figure out because I, I do have to wrap up soon, um, but it's been an awesome conversation. Uh, what's your big thing, like your major goal, your big task outside of the diet? Like, is there certain... Like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear my stomach. I'm like, oh, whale sounds because I have to make a vegetable to take to my friend's place. Um, is there a specific technique or like a specific, what do you want to say, like a strategy that you're aiming towards when, as you're doing your training too? So no particular techniques. I mean, if I come across something that I like, then, you know, maybe I'll, I'll incorporate it. 
Um, but because of my upbringing in jiu-jitsu, I played a lot of defense. Um, and I think my guard game is much better than my guard passing game. Uh, and so I've been trying to work more on guard passing. Yeah. Uh, but it's more energetic, it's more tiring, and eventually I'm just like, you know what, you pack, you know. <laughs> just let it happen. <laughs> just come on. Just let it happen. <laughs> um, and, you know, um, but I guess the big thing that um, I try to work on for these tournaments is nothing nothing in particular but um in making sure that my transitions are that i don't just do singular moves that i don't just say like for example at world master this past year um the guy threw a triangle and tried to um uh, triangle choke so i get around the triangle choke but for a moment i, I pause just for a second mm -hmm. uh instead of just getting out of the triangle choke and passing and, and moving to a position um, where I could get some points or at least I could um, uh, be in a dominant position and, and hold them down for a little bit and catch my breath and think about what it is I want to do. Um, and instead of doing that, I paused for a little bit, um, almost like what I had been doing was just drilling the escape. Uh -huh. And once you escape, you're finished. Right? You don't do anything else. Right. And so I escape, finish, and then I realize, oh man, I gotta try to pass this guy's guard. So there was a moment of pause. And during that moment, he, he regards. And uh, at another time uh, that happened, he stood up. Uh, right? And so he's playing the game. He knows that, oh crap, you know, something's coming, all right? And he's, he's gotten out. Yeah. If, if he ends up, you know, uh, like switching up and down positions with me, you know, he gets a point, so he stands up, right? And yeah, so yeah. we have to reset it. Um, so it's, it's more of, uh, s s working on my transitioning and making sure that I complete, I don't know, I'll call them cycles from uh, beginning yeah. to end rather than worrying about working on a particular move. Okay. Because, um, and again, I, I felt that way. Um, Jeff, uh, who was there, he felt that way. Mm. Um, our black belt, uh, Jeff Courage. Represent. <laughs> um, said kind of the same thing he was like man I felt like that you almost like you got out of the triangle choke and you kind of celebrated there for a second Oops. and I'm like I don't celebrate but <laughs> I know what you're talking about yeah. um, I kind of stopped because I did get have success and I'm like well yeah. you're finished with the move uh, but you're not, right? If you're competing, you're not finished. Um, you have to continue. Keep, yep. uh, you have to play the game, right? You have to, mm -hmm. you have to pass the guard and, and, and all that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's that kind of stuff that um, that's on my mind for right now. Because I, I think my jiu-jitsu uh, is good enough. I think my fitness is good enough. Mm -hmm. um, it's that I make some really poor decisions and I run out of Oops. time. Oops. <laughs> yeah. So... So that'll be your goal is to strategize, not doing the poor decisions and running yeah. out of time. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, well, we would have to do probably a follow-up episode to see how that all works out That's for you. right. And I feel like there's way more we can talk about with jiu-jitsu. I feel like we just scratched the surface with this episode. Oh, my God. That's just, yeah. It's that was just... That's just one layer of the onion. Well, that's why I had to have Dina back again because we yeah. just we just pulled back one layer of the onion. Like, jiu-jitsu is a whole universe. And uh, we'll see if my cat ends up getting... You look a little sleepy. Stoned. <laughs> she does look a little sleepy. She's like. 
Well, thank you again, Doug. And of course, I'll link all of your socials and everything, and people can follow your jujitsu journey. And right. I would not have my blue belt if it weren't, of course, for the collective school. But he put he put up with me for a while. Had a lot of patience helping me with my journey to blue belt. And to him, I'm eternally grateful. So it's worth Absolutely. it. Maybe what some of you will be inspired. And there's plenty. Depending on where you're listening from, there's plenty of gyms across the world now That's right. that you can train at. It's become there's a worldwide a phenomenon. So thank you, Gracies, for re-gifting that to us from Japan. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm sure we'll have them back again because, well, we got to hear how this turns out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, hopefully when I come back this time, I'll have a gold medal. Yes. <laughs> That'd be the best. All right. Well, thank you again, Doug. You're and welcome. I think you're probably going to end up stealing my cat. I've made a friend. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.